Welcome to the Dynasty Defined Podcast, a show discussing what is going on with the greatest dynasty in sports, the Oklahoma State Cowboys wrestling program. I'm your host, Lee Cawthorn, and today it's championship week. It's what we've been waiting all year for, uh, the time that matters most in this college wrestling environment, right? This is where legacies are made, and this is where uh, legends are born. So, um, big week for the wrestlers. You know, it's what they've prepared their whole lives for, and I'm excited for all of them. Oklahoma State qualified 10 wrestlers for the tournament, so everybody, uh, including Reese Whitcraft, who came in super late in the season, and uh, Wyatt Sheets, who didn't earn a automatic bid, uh, got in. So uh, pretty exciting stuff. Only three other teams accomplished that this year, uh, Iowa, Missouri, and uh, Virginia Tech all accomplished that feat. And um, looking back at the record books, it's a pretty rare thing to accomplish. The Oklahoma State program's only done it, you know, this is the sixth time in 20 years. Uh, in the big championship run of the early 2000s, um, they only did it once, where all 10 guys qualified. They had back-to-back years there in 2016 and 2017, uh, but otherwise it's usually eight or nine guys that punch their ticket and make it to the tournament, and there's usually a a guy or two at home. Um, Looking at other programs, this is one of the few times that Iowa's qualified 10 guys at the tournament. Um, I think their championship year there in 2021 they did it, but other than that, they, it's kind of rare for them. Um, Missouri, this is one of the first times they've done it in a while. Uh, Penn State never does it, <laughs> but they offset that by having five champions. So that kind of is what it is. Um, but yeah, pretty big accomplishment. Nebraska and Minnesota seem like they typically have all 10 guys going, but, um, you know, it's one of those things that uh, just isn't a a very common thing and you know bad teams don't qualify 10 guys so um, for those of you who um, claim that this isn't a very good team uh, you probably need to reframe that I understand that look they're probably not bringing home a national championship trophy but at the end of the day um, you know it's kind of chasing one program there who's able to accomplish that and um, hopefully in the next couple of years uh, Oklahoma State's in a position to uh, win that kind of thing so um, I jokingly put out a, uh, <laughs> a copy of my virtual bracket here where I had Oklahoma State running away with the national title um, I went back and revised that and made some more realistic picks so uh, we'll go through those at a high level here I'm going to keep this pretty short uh, because look this is going to get posted at 6 a.m. and uh, on Thursday and uh, you're going to listen to it uh, hopefully in the uh, couple hours there before the tournament starts at 11 o'clock if you're in Tulsa for the championships uh, the Cowboy RTC has partnered with the Alumni Association and is having a fan fest between every session uh, and after the evening sessions um, at the Cox Business Center 
uh, just just down the street from the BOK Center uh, in the Pepsi exhibit hall. So there's a lot of signage, um, very easy to get to. Uh, the address is 100 Civic Center in Tulsa. So um, beyond that, there's a broader NCAA Fan Fest in other exhibit halls around the convention center. So that should be a pretty fun time. There will be food. Um, you know, there's going to be food trucks parked out by the Oklahoma state Pepsi exhibit hall. Um, there are three, four, five. How many bars did I count there? At least four bars, you know, serving all kinds of drinks and, uh, Iron Monk beer, so uh, a lot of cool, uh, good opportunities to, you know, um, get a little rowdy in between sessions. So make sure to take full advantage of that, and uh, I'll be there. Um, there's an auction of a bunch of cool stuff uh, available. Uh, I saw, you know, cornhole boards, um, an autographed picture of the five champs from 2005 um some of the game day ironwork stuff a uh, whole bunch of cool stuff so make sure to check that out uh, there's a lot of cool things going on and then uh, come say hi if you recognize me and see me um you know i'll be around so uh, good opportunity to meet a lot of former wrestlers and uh, other OSU fans at that thing. So it's a great little experience. Um, getting into the, um, actual NCAA championship. This is a weird year. Um, there's a very clear cut favorite at the top with Penn state. Um, simply because they're returning four national champions and they've got a freshman that looks like he's going to be very, very good. He's a two seed and 157 pounds, uh, Levi Haynes. Um, so that definitely makes them the favorite, uh, no matter how you slice it, their heavyweight's also really good. So they've, they're going to score a lot of points and, and look pretty good doing it. It's just the nature of the beast here, but from two to Nine, really, is a bunch of teams that could sneak up and earn a team trophy. And I think that uh, Oklahoma State could definitely be one of those teams. Uh, do some things have to go right? Yeah. Do some guys need to wrestle over their heads a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. But this is the NCAA wrestling tournament. You know, there's no easy road. All 33 wrestlers at every weight are good. Otherwise, they wouldn't have qualified for the tournament. And um, anything can happen here. So um, while last year, we're all kind of looking at last year and saying, well, that was a really terrible year. What really changed? Um, well, yeah, I mean, it's fair, right? It's a fair question. Um, end of the day, the guys are mostly the same. The question becomes, who's going to show up? What's their mindset going to look like? Are they going to give everything they've got? Um, I think being in Tulsa is a big player here. Um, you insert Reese Whitcraft into the lineup, who's from Tulsa. Um, 
and then you've got a lot of other Oklahoma guys on the roster. Uh, Carter Young grew up for most of his life in Tulsa, as we talked about in the interview with him last summer. Uh, Dayton Fix, obviously, is from Tulsa. Um, Wyatt Sheets from Stillwell, you know. Uh, Tahlequah, Stillwell, Tulsa area. Um, Caden Gefeller from Oklahoma City. <laughs> and Dustin Plot from Tuttle. Um, Luke Serber from Tuttle. And Connor Doucette from Comanche. So it's all their opportunity in their home state, all their friends and family and whoever could get a ticket is going to be there. So, uh, could that matter potentially? I hope it does. You know, I hope it plays into it. Otherwise, what's the point? You know, so, uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. And, uh, if the guys wrestle above their heads and, if a couple of guys step up and earn a podium spot or, or get to the blood round or, or something like that. Look, if, if things go really right, this team could definitely finish in second place. In fact, in my more realistic picks, the difference between second place and fourth place is Dustin Plot either winning a national championship or coming in third, right? Which I know a lot of you are going to say, are you, you're saying that's realistic picks. I'm, yeah, I think so for Dustin. Um, I know a lot of you will disagree with me. That's okay. It's uh, part of the discussion, you know. Um, feel free to call me crazy. That's fine by me. So um, let's just look at it and, and kind of talk through some of this stuff. Reese Whitcraft has a 31 seed and has a really tough first round matchup here with uh, Princeton's Pat Glory and and Glory's the favorite to make the finals to take on to kind of be the sacrificial lamb to Spencer Lee's fourth national championship uh, he'll be Iowa's first and I think you kind of have to pick him pinning his way through uh, it's you know look I'm, unfortunately, <laughs> I I like Spencer Lee. I think he's a great wrestler, and I've enjoyed watching his career progress. And um, yeah, I'm gonna leave it at that. I I like him. I think he's a really good wrestler. Um, but Pat Glory, again, kind of the favorite to go make it. I think um, Brandon Kaler from Oregon State might have something to say about that. But uh, Reese, you know, end of the day. If he goes out, he has a chance to beat Glory. It could happen. But if he loses, that's actually works out in his favor really well. Um, I've got him taking on Ryan Miller of the University of Pennsylvania, who he can certainly beat. Ethan Burdnett from Army is somebody that Reese can definitely beat. And then if he makes it to the uh, third round of the Constellation Championship, then he'll, or from the Constellation bracket, then he'll get. Um, most likely Joey Prada from OU, who he just beat. Uh, Noah Certain from Missouri in the blood round, who we'll see, right? I think that's an interesting matchup. Um, I don't know what Certain will look like on the backside of a bracket. If it was on the championship side, I'd pick Certain. Um, on the backside, Reese will have momentum. He'll have been making this run. If he can, look, making the blood round for Reese is a win, right? Um, so win or lose here, he did everything you asked him to do to make it to the round of 12 in the Constellation bracket. 
um, win, you you know, if, if the Brandon Kaler prediction comes true, then he'll get Pat Glory again. Um, could get Michael D'Agostino from Northwestern. Either way, tough matchup. Knocks him down to the eighth place match where he'll uh, um, take on somebody like Brandon Courtney from Arizona State. So um, it gets a lot tougher <laughs> if you make the placing matches. But um, regardless, I think that Reese is going to be right there. Um, Dayton Fix. At 133 pounds, he's the two seed. Um, the other, the favorite on the other side is Roman Bravo Young. Definitely expect that to be the finals matchup. I know that there's a lot of hand wringing about Vito Rujal in this bracket, but um, I think Dayton's gonna uh, make his way to the finals um, without much resistance here. And then I think Bravo Young on the other side is gonna do it. And is this Dayton's year, right? Um, I think that's the question on everybody's mind. Adam Engel, uh, who always puts out, you know, great content, but he put out a good article today um, where he interviewed Dayton about being a perennial runner-up. And Dayton said he can't hand it. Uh, three of his losses, he has four losses in his career. Four, three of them have been in the NCAA Finals. Um, so yeah, he's, uh, definitely focusing on taking care of that. They went and have gotten some, uh, great training partners for Dayton. They've gotten some people to help him out. They brought in, uh, Sammy Alvarez, a transfer from Rutgers, who has beaten RBY in his career. Um, to train with, uh, they've done a lot to do whatever they can to help Dayton get over this hump and to beat RBY. Um, there was some talk about Dayton changing weights and some other things, but ultimately, um, this is what he wants. He wants to beat the guy who's beat him twice, you know? And uh, I think he's going to do it. I think he has the right mindset. I think he's had the right attitude. I think he's been doing all the right things to get there. And I think we're going to have a national champion on Saturday night in Tulsa, a hometown kid. So, uh, And he'll be the first uh, guy from Tulsa to win a national title since Kenny Monday, which is a pretty big deal because before that, it was kind of a perennial thing where somebody from Tulsa was winning national titles. It's been a bit of a drought for the city. 141 pounds. Uh, Carter Young got the 13 seed, which is pretty good. But unfortunately, uh, he's matched up with Jacob Berglund from Minnesota in the first round. Um, Berglund and Carter have split this season. Uh, Carter beat him in the duel on December 4th. Uh, but then lost to Berglund in the Southern Scuffle. Um, I know Carter's battling an injury. I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, you know, what version of Carter Young's going to show up at this tournament, right? And, and how is he going to battle through that injury? And how is he going to um, make the most of his opportunity here? Uh, he can definitely beat Berglund. And quite frankly, he needs to. Um, we'll talk about it in a second. But if he drops to the Constellation 
in round one, his chances of uh, making it to the blood round or, or advancing very far are pretty slim. Um, the matchups just are not good for him past this or in, in the constellations if he does not win his first one. So if he beats Berglund, best case scenario, he'll take on Brock Hardy from Nebraska, which he'll probably lose. Um, Brock Hardy's a really tough wrestler, super strong defensively, heavy hips. Um, you know, doesn't give up points very easily and a uh, great mat wrestler. So it uh, makes it a little tough to pick Carter in that one. But if he can get to that second round matchup uh, and then loses to Hardy, he'll drop down and take on Kale Happel from I again, who uh, Carter kind of handled in the duel against I. He beat him last year. Um, has kind of had Kale's number for the most part. Um, so he'll, you know, beat Happel there, and then he'll take on um, most likely North Carolina State's Ryan Jack, um, potentially Malik Hines from Lehigh. We've seen him against Hines. We've seen him win that match. We haven't seen him against Jack. Um, I think that's an interesting matchup. They're very similar wrestlers. Um, both like to wrestle from their feet. Both are very fast. Um, both are, are, are technically very good um, in those matches. And I don't think Jack's necessarily the strongest wrestler that Young would face. So I, in that match, I'd like Carter um, to pick up the win. So, uh, I, I'd like him to make the blood round where he'd potentially be facing North Carolina's Lachlan McNeil, who's a redshirt freshman, uh, for Coleman Scott's Tar Heels. Uh, I, I don't know how to pick that one either. Same thing as Ryan Jack. I think they're very evenly matched, which leads me to pick Carter, but there's the injury factor here. So, um, there's a good chance that, you know, none of this happens, right? It just kind of depends how Carter responds to those things. The reason I say that he, I, he needs to be Berglund, if he loses to Berglund, he'll drop and face West Virginia's Jordan Titus, who I think he'll beat. Uh, he, he beat pretty comfortably in that West Virginia duel. But then he'll take on Matt Casimir of Columbia, and we all know, you know, Casimir, um, extremely tough on top. Um, hard to take down, just a horrible matchup for Carter. So um, don't like that. So beat Berglund, and then you've got a chance to make the blood round or, um, and then get past, quite frankly, if it's Lachlan McNeil, and you've got a great chance to get into the um, placing matches. Um, you know, chance you could take on Clay Carlson again, who you uh, beat in the Big 12 championships, right? Um beat him and then you're in the fifth sixth place placing match you know or the third i guess the third place placing match right um take on oh you know might be wishful thinking for me to to say that it'll be real woods <laughs> uh, of iowa and uh, brock hardy beating him on the top side but it'll probably be brock hardy again um so you know good opportunities here for, for Carter. I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do. I know that he's focused. I know he's he wants it, you know, it's, will his health, uh, hold up to it? Will he be able to fight through whatever he's dealing with? 
that's really the the primary question for him and I'm excited to see what shows up there for Victor Voinovich um Vic got the 23 seed in this tournament uh, which isn't it's fair for sure um you know that's about what he did this season um he uh had a good season as a redshirt freshman and uh, his mistakes are pretty common for a freshman pretty identifiable right uh, had trouble finishing um missed opportunities in a lot of ways right there'd be an opportunity for him to um change a position or to take advantage of a position that he just didn't necessarily taken in his losses but as i've said i like i like him in rematches for the most part um he doesn't match up well with brock Mahler. uh he uh um has given up some cheap wrist tilts against guys like panero johnson and mitch moore um so that's a little frustrating but um a wrestler that he did perform pretty well against in a loss was Michael Blockus, who is who he drew in the first round here at the ten seed. Um, Blockus beat Voinovich six to five in the December duel against Minnesota. Um, really close. Uh, ultimately, Blockus's hip defense kept Voinovich from finishing. Uh, couple tweaks he should be able to get over that uh, right um if he if he can win this matchup then he'll take on northwestern's yaya thomas who's the seven seed now i've said it before and i'll say it again I, I it's hard for me to pick victor voinovich to beat a guy that beat boo Llewellyn, right um and that's not a knock on voinovich it's more a statement on how good Boo was. And Yaya uh, beat him in the third place match in the 2021 tournament. Um, however, Thomas has been battling some injuries himself. I mean, kind of been in rough shape, had a bad, um, had, had a couple of bad performances. So Victor could beat him, right? That could be a good opportunity for him to get into the quarterfinals. And if he does that, he'll take on Sammy Sasso from Ohio State, who I you had to pick Sasso in that one. But at the end of the day, you know, get there, get to the quarterfinals, and that's, you know, that's two wins. Um, and it puts you in a good position coming down to the um, blood round uh, where I have him taking on freshman phenom from Virginia Tech, Caleb Henson. Um, which is a toss-up match, right? Um, win that one, you're in placing. Potentially come in eighth place, seventh place. Uh, but you got to take advantage of your opportunity, right? And to do that, you're going to have to um, wrestle really well, <laughs> obviously. But against Thomas, uh, I don't know. I, I really like um, his potential here. Because, you know, Thomas got injured at the Big Ten Tournament. And uh, it's a good opportunity for him to, for uh, for Vonovich to pick up a huge win at this point in his career. Um, so, 
That's an interesting one, for sure. Um, it very well could go uh, not as great, right? If he loses in the first round, you drop down. Uh, you're taking on. Let me find Blockus here. You're taking on. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blockus. Where is he? You're taking on Nate Higley from. Uh, George Mason, which you should be able to win, but then you are most likely getting Max Murin from Iowa, and that was a really close one. I think Vic could win that, um, but it, it, it's just significantly tougher if you don't win your first one. So make sure you win your first one. That's uh, that's the that's the best thing that you could probably do for yourself if you're Victor Vujovic. 157 pounds. Um, look, reality here. I I think. I think Caden Gefeller could finish as high as third place. Uh, I also think that Caden Gefeller has a very difficult route here. Um, he's taking he got the 10 seed. He's taking on number 23 seed Peter Pappas in the first round. Um, Pappas, all name team, great name, Peter Pappas. Uh, easy to say. Uh, that's got um, fast, casual Italian chain written all over it. So hopefully... George Mason has a good uh, business school or, or restaurant administration school. Um, but uh, I like G in that one. And then he's taking on Bryce Handonian from Virginia Tech. Bryce is the returning third-place finisher, an extremely solid wrestler, right? Um, guy that uh, is good in a lot of positions. His losses are to the other top guys in the weight. Um, I think Austin O'Connor beat him three times is ultimately what happened here. And then he's had a number on Ed Scott, North Carolina State, who's a really good wrestler as well. So um, really, really, really tough matchup for G in the second round. If he can get past that, he'll most likely have Levi Haynes of Penn State, who I think I like G against. I don't think Haynes has wrestled anybody quite like Caden Gefeller. But uh, Andonian becomes the big one. In, in that matchup, and then if they if he is able to make the semifinals, he's probably taking on Peyton Robin, Nebraska, who is the favorite to win the championship here. Or he's not the favorite, I guess. The one seed Austin O'Connor is, but um, Rob is definitely up there. If you drop the match to Andonian, you're dropping down to take on Jake, most likely Jason Kreiser of Iowa State again. Um, Light G in that one. Uh, if he beats him there, he'll take on one of either Jared Jake Hughes, Vinny Zerbin, or Jacob Wright, all Big 12 wrestlers that G has beaten a couple times this season. But here's the rub. You make it to the blood round. Your most likely opponent in the blood round, if you lose to Andonian, is Big 12 champion Jared Frannick. So... You know, could G avenge his loss to Frannick in the Big 12 Finals in the blood round? Absolutely. It's hard to pick because Frannick looked really good in that match. So um, hopefully we see G pick up the upset over Andonian and then his path becomes a little bit different. If he beats Haynes, if he loses to Haynes, um, you know, there's, there's opportunities there. Uh, Wyatt Sheets got the 31 seed in this turn in the 165 pound bracket, and he'll be taking on a Big 12 runner-up um, Keegan O'Toole in the first round. We 
probably know how that one's going to go. Um, so I'm just not going to dwell too much on it. Um, that'll drop sheets to the constellations to take on most likely Northwestern's Max Mayfield. I like him in that one, but then, um, most likely he'll be taking on Columbia's Josh Ogunsanya who wrestled, uh, you know, they wrestled in the duel and Ogunsanya kind of handled Wyatt. So if Wyatt can pick up one or two wins in this tournament, we'll call it a win. And, uh, that'll be that 174 pounds. Um, Dustin Plot got the five seed and drew a really hard uh, second round matchup against Aaron Olmos from Oregon State who beat him in the duel handed Dustin his first loss of the season and kind of led to an interesting slide for Dustin Um, however coming on to the backside here Dustin's been wrestling really well wrestled really well through the Big 12 championships uh, overcame a couple things I think he had a couple injuries that he was nursing um and then I think the upperweights had a bit of a uh, stomach bug issue in that Oregon State duel. But uh, I like him to pick up the win there. And then he'll be f- most likely facing Cornell's Chris Foca, the four seed, in the quarterfinals. I like Dustin in this one as well. Foca's a, a, a solid wrestler, um, but isn't very aggressive, uh, which plays well for Dustin. So if Dustin can hit that lefty low single and... Uh, get the first eight down, then I like him a lot against Foca, which leads to the semifinal matchup against Carter Storacci of Penn State, the two-time national champion, um, guy who kind of stole Dustin's U23 world team spot. Um, definitely leads to some interesting drama between those two. Um, Dustin has scoreboard on Storacci from a freestyle tournament in 2019. Anything can happen here, you know, in the semifinals. Dustin's had it circled. He's wanted to wrestle Starachi for a few years now. Um, and I really like Dustin in that matchup, uh, quite frankly. Starachi, again, not a very aggressive wrestler. Um, the guys that have beaten Dustin have all been very aggressive, right? Uh, um, Mako is an extremely aggressive wrestler. Almost is pretty aggressive. Um, Kate DeVos, pretty aggressive, so... Um, Starachi's not that, which means Dustin definitely has a chance if he wins that one. Look, he's an, an NCAA finalist, and um, whether he's taking on Makai Lewis or M- Mikey Labriola uh, in the finals, um, I, I I think he could definitely be a national champion. Um, it's definitely within the realm of possibility. He could finish third. He could finish fifth. Right. Um, but I, I definitely think Dustin's going to be an at, or a, uh, all American. Can he put it all together and accomplish his goals of being a national champion of beating Carter Starachi? He's been talking about it. He talked about it in our, um, interview with him last summer. Uh, he can do it. He just has to execute. Pretty excited to see it. I'm, I'm really excited for Dustin. Travis Whitlake uh, got the 10 seed. Uh, honestly, Whitlake, I, I haven't talked very much at all about Travis Whitlake this season, but he's had a sneaky, really, really good season. Um, he uh, has performed pretty well. He doesn't have any super funky loss, losses. Uh, 
and you know he's only lost five times. Um, they're all the the flukiest one is probably to Abasad of Iowa. Um, otherwise, yeah, I guess Isaiah Zalazar of Minnesota. Um, otherwise, he's uh, lost the guys that are just flat better than him. Marcus Coleman and Trey Munoz, right? So, um, came in third place at Big 12s. Got the 10 seed. The last time he made the NCAA tournament, he was a 10 seed. He came in fourth place. So, uh, is it possible? Absolutely. Absolutely. He's taking on Dylan Connell from Illinois in the first round. Should be able to get past him, but then he has Hunter Bolin from Virginia Tech in the second round. Uh, Bolin um, has been having a nice season. He's the seventh seed. He's probably going to be the favorite here against uh, uh, Travis. Um, but, you know, it's... trying to think he's he's a senior you know last year of eligibility he's 19 and 5 on the year just like dustin or i'm sorry just like uh whitlake um he had a okay acc championship came in third place put some weird losses on the season uh to the number 15 guy to the number 12 guy um but overall has had a pretty solid season i hope Whitley can get through him, but then if he does in the quarterfinals, he'll be taking on Trent Heidley of North Carolina State, who um, I think has a really good opportunity to win a national championship this year. Um, so it, it's going to be a pretty interesting one. If Travis can get through um, Bolin, then I like where he ends up. If he loses to Hydeley uh, in the blood round against Lenny Pinto of Nebraska, um, I really think that um, given that, um, we could see Whitlake place again, which would be huge if you can get him back on the podium. Um, so hopefully he executes and takes care of business and gets back into uh, All-American status, he'll be a two-time All-American in the three turn. Well, the two tournaments that he's wrestled in because he didn't make it last year, which is something we need to talk about at some point. Uh, hopefully, I can get him on the show and we can we can do that. So, um, yeah, I think that Whitlake has what it takes to get on the podium. 197 pounds. Y'all know how I f- how I feel. Luke Serber, national champion. You know, next topic, right? <laughs> um. I do think Luke has a good path to replace the two seed on uh, Friday. Um, Bernie Truax hasn't really wrestled anybody. He's a good wrestler. He's a two seed. He had a good year last year. Um, But I don't think he's seen anybody like Luke Serber. And I think Luke's got that uh, giant slayer mindset. So I think he could definitely pick up the win there against Truax. Unfortunately, if he does, the quarterfinals puts him up against Tanner Sloan, and um, I've seen that movie, right? And, and quite frankly, I'm picking Tanner Sloan to win a national championship. So um, I, I'm, you know, beating a guy three times in one year is not easy. Um, so Luke could win that match against Sloan, uh, but and it's going to be a pretty tough one. 
if he loses in the quarter, he'll drop to the blood round, most likely take on uh, Zach Bronigle of Illinois. Um, I like him in that match a lot uh, to get into the placing matches, but then he'll most likely have a guy like Nino Bonacorsi. Um, so that might, will probably put him in the seventh place match, and I like him to take seventh. Um, but I do expect, fully expect Luke Serber to be an All-American this year, no matter how he needs to do it. I expect him to finish on the podium, and I'm really excited for him. Um, really, really excited for Luke. Y'all, as y'all know, if if the rest of the team all wrestled like Luke Serber, um, we we would be uh, national champions, right? Uh, he goes for it, and uh, I love that about him. I I love that attitude. I love the um, I love the mindset that he has. He's just a great wrestler. Um, at heavyweight, Connor Doucet, uh picked up the twenty seed, which again I think is totally fair. He's got a rematch with Tyrell Gordon in round one. Um, you know, the Northern Iowa wrestler, they've gone to sudden victory a couple times this season. I think that uh, Connor can pick up that win for the opportunity to take on Tony Cassiope again. And unfortunately, I just don't think that uh, Connor's ready to um, take out a guy like Cassiope if he goes for broke, you know then he definitely could. He's proven that he's there with him, right? I think Cassiope beat him, what, 6-1 to one or something like 6-2 to two in the duel. So um, he could do it. It's just a – it's hard for me to pick it uh, as much as I want to. I'd, I would love to see that. Um, dropping down to the Constellations, I have him taking on Jon- Jonah Newsbaum and from Duke. So it'll be three rematches, right? Uh-huh. which is unfortunate, but um, I like him against the Duke wrestler to move into the next round, and then there's Trent Hilger there from Wisconsin, the senior, who's had a really great career for the Badgers there. Um, that, that'll be a t- Connor has an extremely hard path, right? Um, if he loses in the first round to Tyrell Gordon, it might improve a little bit. He'll take on uh, most likely Jaron Smith from Maryland and A.J. Nevels from South Dakota State. That was a really close one uh, in the duel that I think uh, Connor could pick up. And then if he wins that one, most likely Hunter Katka from Virginia Tech uh, before getting into the blood round. Um, if he can beat Katka, then you've got Sam Skyler. So I think if... Um, no matter what, it's going to be tough for, for Connor. Uh, he has nothing to lose, you know, just leave it all out there. If he wins two, if he goes two and two, that's a win, right? Um, score some team points, make some things happen. Uh, and I think that that would be really fun. If these things happen, if things go this well, and of course this is rosy, right? I'll be honest. Uh, it's a rosy prediction. But if they go this way, then the Pokes will be contending for a team trophy. If uh, we have another disastrous tournament and we only have, you know, three guys wrestling on Friday night, then, um, you know, we're going to have to ask some hard questions. But 
I'm going to look at the bright side here. I think that the team can do it. I think that uh, Iowa State's going to be contending for a trophy. I think Missouri's going to be tr- contending for a trophy. I think that what was a horrible tournament for not only Oklahoma State but the entire Big 12 last year, I see that really re- reversing this season for the three big teams in the Big 12, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, and Missouri. Um but also I see South Dakota State finishing top 10, top 15. Um, I could see Northern Colorado finishing top 15, right? So there are definitely some good opportunities for um, the Big 12 to reverse course and reverse the narrative. And uh, I'm excited to see it. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be a great tournament, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to see all of you all there. If you, as always, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out, um, email me, lcothran20, uh, uh, send me a tweet, send me a DM, uh, on Instagram, we're at dynasty underscore defined. Uh, there's a lot of places to get in touch. So, um, interact, get in touch. Uh, it's part of why I'm doing this. I love talking to other cowboy wrestling fans. And then if you see me at, uh, um, the fan fest come say hi if you rate my podcast on one of the pod if you give me five stars on one of the platforms i'll uh uh, buy you a beer so looking forward to meeting y'all and as always go pokes